This is episode 535 of the AWS podcast, released on July 10th, 2022. Join us for two days of cloud security, identity, compliance, and privacy at AWS Reinforce on July 26th to 27th in Boston, Massachusetts. Go to reinforce.awsevents.com to learn more and register. Podcast confirmed. Welcome to the official AWS podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the AWS Podcast. So I'm here with you. Great to have you back running on my own today. I will be back next time around. Let's talk updates, starting with the topic of analytics. We're happy to announce open data on the AWS Data Exchange. So you can now search and find publicly available data sets on AWS Data Exchange, along with more than 3,000 existing data products from category-leading data providers across industries, all in one place. So this is over 100 petabytes of high-value cloud-optimized data sets from organizations such as the NOAA, NASA, and the UK Met Office. So this is a great place to find information. A whole raft of updates for Amazon QuickSight. Amazon QuickSight authors can now learn and experience Q before signing up. So this makes it easy for authors to understand and learn about Q to figure out if it makes sense for them. Now, you can click on Q topics on the navigation bar and look at things like product sales, marketing campaigns, financial services, clinical trials, etc. And you can understand how natural language can work in a query sense. QuickSight has also launched rolling date functionality. So you can now use this for both date and time range filters and date time parameters. And you can set up rolling rules to fetch a date such as today, yesterday, or different combinations of start and end or this or previous or next. Lots of flexibility. Also available, level aware calculations or LAC. This lets you specify the level of granularity that you want the Windows function, so the windows that you're partitioning by, or aggregate function, so what level you're grouping by, to be conducted. So again, simplification and speed. There's also a new set of custom subtotals available at all levels and the ability to show and hide columns for pivot tables, so more richness in that capability. And finally, for Amazon QuickSight, you can now monitor it with CloudWatch metrics, including ingestion metrics, performance about uh, reader use, visual metrics, and aggregate metrics as well. AWS Glue Streaming ETL now supports auto decompression. So it can now detect compressed data streaming from Amazon Kinesis or Amazon Managed Streaming for Apache Kafka and self-managed Apache Kafka. And it can automatically decompress it without you having to write any code. This is nice. And finally, Amazon MSK, the managed streaming for Apache Kafka, now supports version 3.11 and 3.2.0 for both new and existing clusters to give you feature improvements and also bug fixes. Moving on to the topic of blockchain, there is a new console query editor for Amazon QLDB. And this has an improved interface for authoring queries, debugging transactions, and exploring results. And the new editor supports tabs for simple management of multiple queries, particle syntax highlighting, query performance statistics, multi-statement transactions, and a timer to track the transaction duration limit. So this is really handy to analyze your fully managed ledger database. Onto the topic of business applications, Amazon Workmail now supports invoking Lambdas to fetch availability. So this is your free and busy time. And this is a new way for Workmail to get that availability information from external availability sources. So you can use it to get access to availability information for users on other calendaring providers of their own, even if the endpoints are private or you don't have an Exchange Web Services endpoint or EWS endpoint. 
So this gives you more flexibility in how you present when people can be spoken to. Moving on to the topic of compute, AWS SAM Accelerate is now generally available, and this lets you quickly test your code changes against the cloud. So this is the AWS Serverless Application Model, or SAM, and SAM Accelerate gives you additional capabilities to bring your rapid iteration workflow to serverless application development. So you can get the same levels of productivity that you're used to when you're testing locally, while testing against a realistic application environment in the cloud. So what this does is synchronizes infrastructure and code changes on a developer's local workspace with a cloud environment in near real time. Code changes are updated in seconds in AWS Lambda, API definitions and changes in Amazon API Gateway, state machines to step functions, and infrastructure changes are changed via cloud formation. AWS SAM Accelerate also supports synchronizing resources defined in cloud formation nested stacks as well. We're pleased to announce bare metal support for Amazon EKS Anywhere. So this gives customers a broader choice of infrastructure for running their Kubernetes on-premises. Amazon EKS Anywhere on bare metal allows customers to automate all steps from bare metal hardware provisioning to Kubernetes cluster operations using a bundled open source toolkit built on the foundation of Tinkerbell and Cluster API. And you get the choice of operating systems. You can pick either Bottle Rocket, which is the default, or Ubuntu for running your clusters. AWS Fargate now supports multi-line logging powered by AWS FluentBit. Now, AWS FluentBit is an AWS distribution of the open source project FluentBit, which is a fast and lightweight log forwarder. And Amazon ECS users can use this feature to recombine partial log messages produced by your containerized applications running on AWS Fargate or Amazon EC2 into a single message for easier troubleshooting and analytics. Now, the best practice for containerized applications is to send logs to the standard output of the operating system, such as stdout or stdir. AWS Fargate container runtime splits long log messages exceeding the 16 kilobyte max buffer size into partial messages for optimal performance results. As a result, you can have challenges working with long application logs and messages like stack traces, etc. when they get to the final destination. This takes care of that. Amazon EC2 Autoscaling has announced increased autoscaling group default limit per account. This just happens automatically and applies in all regions. You don't have to do anything to get it, but you can now create up to 500 autoscaling groups per account, which is an increase from 200. And you can still also get high limits if you need to. And if you previously had a high limit, that one will still apply. You can now deploy scale at SAP HANA deployments using the AWS Launch Wizard and Amazon EC2 X2 IDN and R6i instances. You can deploy up to 16 nodes, which is one primary and 15 secondary using these instance types. And these give you access to even better price performance choices when it comes to your CPU and memory. And the Launch Wizard gives you a guided way of sizing, configuring and deploying this type of application. Amazon S3 on Outpost now supports pre-signed URLs. If you've ever used S3 on AWS, you're used to pre-signed URLs, which lets you give a URL to someone that they can access for a period of time that is time limited and limited to just that particular link. You can now do that if you're using Amazon S3 on Outpost as well. And Amazon EC2 placement groups now support host level spread on AWS Outpost racks. So now you can distribute instances across hosts to reduce the likelihood of any correlated failures, which are really useful for anything of a high availability or mission critical nature. Moving on to the topic of customer engagement, Amazon Connect now supports the branching of flows based on Lex confidence scores. So this allows you to present the right solution for your customers to help them solve the issue faster. 
For example, when a confidence score is high, you may want to present customers with a self-service option immediately rather than requesting any additional information or transferring them to an agent. So you get people handling their questions much more quickly. And Amazon Connect had a bunch of other improvements, including personalization of the customer experiencing using the sentiment analysis in flows themselves, and also Connect customer profiles now give you confidence scores to help companies merge duplicate customer records. So now you can figure out if this is the same person, a different person, have we got the record twice, all that good stuff. Amazon Connect Wisdom now also enables you to integrate agent assistance capabilities into custom agent applications. So you can use this to basically integrate into your homegrown or third-party agent application, which means you can make your agents more productive. This is via a JavaScript library called Wisdom.js, and it means you can integrate all the things. And Amazon Pinpoint has launched Journey Schedule for more precise communication delivery. This allows you to define a schedule for channel communication based on the day of week, or the day of year. Also, there are two new journey sending limits to help you control the volume of communications sent to a user. And Amazon Pinpoint Journeys are multi-step campaigns that send users on communication paths based on their actions or attributes. And this can involve multiple channels like SMS, email, push, and voice. And journeys are intended for customers who have user engagement use cases and want to send targeted communications that really drive those higher value user actions. Moving on to the topic of database, Amazon DocumentDB with MongoDB compatibility now enables dynamic resourcing for storage space. Now with dynamic resizing, the allocated storage space will just automatically increase up to a maximum of 64 terabytes. And when you need less storage, it'll decrease automatically as you delete your data. Uh, you only pay for the storage you use, and this is now enabled for all Amazon DocumentDB v4 clusters in all regions. Amazon RDS has increased the concurrent copy limit to 20 snapshots per destination region per account. This is an increase up for the former limit of five, so you can get more stuff done more quickly. And Amazon RDS multi-AZ deployments with one primary and two readable standby database instances now supports M5D and R5D instances, so you can get more choice in terms of your instance type based upon your performance requirements. The deployment option we're talking about here gives you up to two times lower transaction commit latency. Automated failovers typically happen under 35 seconds, and you have those readable standby instances, which is always useful for performance. Amazon RDS Custom for Oracle now supports Oracle Database 12.2 and 18C. Now, Amazon RDS Custom is a managed database service for applications that need customization of the underlying operating system and database environment. With this support for 12.2 and 18C, you can now run your legacy, packaged, and customized applications that are dependent on these database versions on Amazon RDS Custom for Oracle. And finally, Amazon Aurora now supports Postgres 14. This includes performance improvements for parallel queries, heavily concurrent workloads, partition tables, logical replication, and vacuuming. It also improves functionality with new capabilities. So, for example, you can cancel long-running queries if a client disconnects and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. This release also includes new features for Babelfish for Aurora PostgreSQL version 2.1. So check out the updates for that. And you can get going in just a few clicks. Moving on to the topic of developer tools, AWS announces Amazon Code Whisperer in preview. I've talked about this on another episode that you can listen into, but just to remind you, Amazon Code Whisperer is a machine learning powered service that helps improve developer productivity by generating code recommendations based upon developers' comments in natural language and their code in the integrated development environment they're using. 
It's pretty cool. Check it out. AWS App2 Container now supports Azure DevOps for setting up a CI/CD pipeline. So with this release, customers can leverage the App2 Container to automate the setup of their DevOps pipeline service for managing automated build and deployment of containerized applications. And this uh, takes care of the pipeline setup by installing the required tooling, such as the AWS Toolkit and the Docker engine. It also sets up the release pipeline using existing Azure DevOps service accounts to deploy the containerized image to AWS Container Services. This is in addition to AWS Code Pipeline and Jenkins support already included in App2 Container. And the AWS Toolkit for Visual Studio has added support for Amazon CloudWatch Logs integration. So directly in the IDE, you can now search and filter log groups, log streams, and events. And you can also access those log groups from their associated resources and log events can be downloaded to a file. Moving on to the topic of end-user computing, Amazon AppStream 2.0 enables UDP streaming for Windows native client. Now, Amazon AppStream 2.0 is a fully managed service that gives you non-persistent desktops and application streaming products to end-users. Now, previously, you could stream over TCP via the Windows native client. Now, with a lot of people working from home and in different countries with suboptimal networks and things you can't control, you now have the access to UDP streaming, which allows you to have a more responsive streaming quality in those suboptimal network conditions and those ones with a higher round-trip latency. We can talk for hours about the differences between TCP and UDP, but all you need to know is you can choose it, <laughs> and that way you can get going. Onto the topic of front-end web and mobile, we are pleased to announce the general availability of Amplify UI for React. Now, Amplify UI is an open-source UI library that brings the simplicity and extensibility of AWS Amplify to UI development. It consists of connected components that simplify complex workflows like authentication and dynamic data, primitive components that form the building blocks to create consistency across applications, and themes to make Amplify UI fit any brand. Extensibility and customization are at the forefront of Amplify UI, so it means you can easily integrate it into any application regardless of the front-end stack. And there are over 35 production-ready components, so you can use it to get started really, really quickly. There are minimal dependencies, some really great development experience type quality of life things with first-class TypeScript support, as an example, and powerful theming abilities to allow you to make Amplify UI look like your brand. Moving on to the topic of game tech, Amazon GameLift has launched a new console experience that gives you a more intuitive way to manage and scale your game servers on AWS. The redesigned console has new left-hand navigation that makes it easy to switch between various GameLift features like managing and creating builds, scripts, fleet, FlexMatch, and includes helpful resource links like prepare to launch and service quotas. So hopefully this will make it much easier and quicker for you to configure and manage your game server instances by giving you a view of all your settings in just one location. Moving on to the topic of the Internet of Things, AWS IT Greengrass now supports MQTT version 5. So AWS IT Greengrass is an Internet of Things edge runtime and cloud service that lets you build, deploy, and manage device software. Now, in our latest release, we have support for MQTT version 5, which is an updated device-to-device -device communication specification that includes many additional feature improvements over the prior MQTT version 3.1.1 protocol. Now, prior to this release, we gave support for MQTT 3.1.1 through the Moquette open source broker, 
And now with the move to MQTT version 5, which particularly come from a request from industrial and automotive customers, there are 18 new improvements, or a minimum of 18, I should say, new improvements over the existing protocol with a host of communication, posting, and subscription features. Now, this AWS IT Greengrass release has a new component that includes the managed open source MQTT v5 edge broker, EMQX. Now, this is what provides native support for the MQTT v5 protocol, and it also includes advanced features like broker high availability and broker clustering, which gives you performance and resilience improvements for high throughput use cases. AWS IT Express Link is now generally available. Now, these are hardware connectivity modules powered by AWS IT Express Link and are developed and offered by AWS partners such as Expressive, Infineon, and Ublox. These modules enable easy AWS cloud connectivity and implement AWS mandated security requirements for device to cloud connections. Integrating these wireless modules into the hardware design, customers can now accelerate the development of their IT products, including consumer products, industrial and agricultural sensors and controllers. Moving on to the topic of machine learning, Amazon Polly adds new male neural TTS voices in four languages. So we have Liam for Canadian French, Arthur for UK English, Daniel for German, and Pedro for US Spanish. Now, TTS voices simplify the way you create, implement, and update your speech-enabled applications because it's just more natural. <laughs> Amazon Textract announces a quality update to its forms extraction feature. Now, if you've not used Amazon Textract, it's a machine learning service that automatically extracts text, handwriting, and data from any document or image. And one of the great things is we continuously improve the underlying machine learning models based on customer feedback to make it even more accurate. And so now there's a quality enhancement to our forms extraction feature. It now provides enhanced key value pair extraction accuracy for standardized document with consistent layout like select CMS, healthcare, IRS tax, and accord insurance forms. So these are types of forms that often you come across but can be really hard to extract data from because they're very dense and complex. The model works far better now. You can now bring your own development environment in a custom image to RStudio on Amazon SageMaker. Now, RStudio on SageMaker is the industry's first fully managed RStudio workbench in the cloud. And so you can quickly launch the familiar RStudio integrated development environment dial up and dial down the underlying compute resources without interrupting your work. You can even switch to programming using Python if you want to. Amazon SageMaker built-in algorithms now provide four new tabular data modeling algorithms. You get LightGBM, CatBoost, AutoGlue on Tabular, and Tab Transformer. Lots more information in the show notes about how to take advantage of all these things. There is now VPC support generally available for SageMaker GroundTruth. So you can now use workers from Amazon Mechanical Turk, a vendor company that choose, or your own private workforce to create labeled data sets for training your ML models. And now you can do all this creation and running of these jobs inside your VPC instead of connecting over the internet. And Amazon SageMaker GroundTruth now also supports synthetic data generation. So you can generate labeled synthetic data without collecting large amounts of real-world manually labeled data. Now, there are two data labeling offers, Amazon SageMaker GroundTruth Plus and Amazon SageMaker GroundTruth. You can use both options to identify raw data such as images, text files, and videos, and add informative labels to create high-quality training data sets to your ML models. 
Amazon SageMaker Ground Truth can generate labeled synthetic data on your behalf. So you can use that synthetic data with real world data to train ML models across a wide range of computer vision use cases. You specify your synthetic image requirements or provide 3D assets and baseline images, and AWS Digital Artists can generate hundreds of thousands of synthetic images that are automatically labeled. The generated images imitate pose and placement of objects, include object or scene variations, and optionally add specific inclusions like scratches, dents, and other alterations that are often not in ML training datasets. Moving on to the topic of management and governance, AWS support announces an improved create case experience. So when you create a case, support center can better anticipate and understand your issue by capturing your case details. And it can now provide targeted and specific remediation, such as answers to frequently asked questions and links for related information. And we've updated the create case experience from a single page layout to a simplified three-step process that guides you through the create case flow. AWS CloudFormation Guard 2.1 is now generally available. This is an open source domain specific language and command line interface that helps enterprises keep the AWS infrastructure and application resources in compliance with their company policy guidelines. CloudFormation Guard provides compliance administrators with a simple policy as code language to define rules that can check for both required and prohibitive resource configurations. And it lets you validate your templates. So if you're a developer, you can validate your CloudFormation templates Kubernetes configurations, and Terraform JSON configurations against those rules. We're pleased to announce the integration of the AWS Well-Architected tool with AWS organizations. So this lets cloud architects share their workloads and custom lenses more broadly across their organization. If you've not used AWS Well-Architected tool in your environment, you should. It's a great way to keep track of best practices to make sure you're auditing and ensuring the highest quality of the systems you're developing, and it helps you understand if you're missing things that you just didn't think about. And speaking of which, Well Architected has added multiple enhancements to custom lenses. So it now allows customers to preview custom lens content before publishing, add additional URLs for helpful resources and improvement plans, and use tags to assign metadata to your custom lenses. So this allows you to encapsulate your best practices in your organization in a way that's actionable for all of your teams. If you're an architect working in a large organization, this is a fantastic way to spread the knowledge without having to have a conversation with each and every person. AWS Systems Manager now supports patching Windows Server 2022 and other Linux operating systems, including Rocky Linux versions 8.4 and 8.5, CentOS Stream 8 and RHEL versions 8.4 and 8.5, which gives you more patching options for your nodes. Patch Manager helps you automate the process of patching nodes with security-related and other types of updates whole bunch of OS support for this particular service. The main thing I'll say is patch your stuff. It is the biggest challenge I see. Organizations of all kinds, be they cloud or not cloud, just keeping up with the patching will automate it and get it done. Onto the topic of migration and transfer, AWS Database Migration Service now supports IBM DB2Z OS as a source. Yes, the big iron, the mainframe. You can now migrate from that into Aurora MySQL, Aurora Postgres, MySQL, and Postgres SQL targets. And the AWS Schema Conversion Tool, or SCT, will help you with this. AWS Migration Hub Refactor Spaces can now enable and disable active routes. So this allows you to toggle on and off different options. So you can create inactive routes that can be activated once the route's targeted service is ready to receive traffic. This is useful for fine-tuning your routing approach and deliver just-in-time route changes as applications are incrementally refactored. This is part of an overall view of how you would incrementally refactor your application from a monolith into something a little more easy to manage. 
The AWS Database Migration Service now supports Babelfish for PostgreSQL as a target. Using AWS DMS, you can now perform full load migrations to Babelfish for Aurora Postgres with minimal downtime. So this means you can take data from the MySQL environment into that environment. And the Database Migration Service also now supports a VPC source and target endpoints. So you can now connect to any AWS service with VPC endpoints, so long as explicitly defined routes to the services are defined in the AWS DMS VPC. And AWS DataSync can now copy data to and from Amazon FSx for NetApp ONTAP. So if using that particular capability, you can get access to it quite easily. Onto the topic of networking and content delivery, AWS Site-to-Site VPN has introduced private IP VPNs for enhanced security and privacy. With this change, customers can encrypt DX traffic between their on-premises network and AWS without the need for public IP addresses, which means you can get better security and network privacy at the same time. And AWS Direct Connect has added support for all AWS local zones in the United States. So your network traffic now takes the shortest path between Direct Connect point of presence locations and AWS resources running in local zones. So this reduces the distance network traffic must travel, which makes latency drop and makes applications more responsive. Onto the topic of security, identity, and compliance. Amazon FinSpace has released APIs to assign granular user permissions using the AWS SDK and CLI. So this means you can integrate configuration of FinSpace access controls into your identity orchestration workflow and keep FinSpace in sync with your organization's access. AWS WAF Capture is now generally available to all customers. So this lets you block unwanted bot traffic by requiring users to successfully complete challenges before your web requests are allowed to reach AWS WAF protected resources. Now you can configure AWS WAF rules to require WAF Capture challenges to be solved for specific resources that are frequently targeted by bots. So things like login, Search and form uh, submissions are often a common way of doing things. You can also require that WAF capture challenges for suspicious requests based on the rate attribute or labels generated from AWS managed rules are implemented as well. WAF capture challenges are simple for humans while remaining effective against bots, and it includes an audio version that's designed to meet WCAG accessibility requirements. And AWS WAF has also added support for inspecting multiple request headers in a HTTP request. So this is without the need to specify each header individually in your rules. So you can use this to easily inspect all the cookies in the request without having to specify each individual cookie. This capability helps you protect your applications from attacks that try to exploit a custom header or cookie or a common header which you may not have created a WAF rule for. You can also limit the scope of inspection to only included or excluded headers and inspect only the keys or only the values for the headers or cookies that you want to inspect. And finally, an update for the topic of storage. AWS Backup Audit Manager has added a new control to audit recovery point objective. With this launch, you can now specify your organizational recovery point objectives for your resources and evaluate whether your recovery points are in compliance. So it's not just about thinking you're protected in the right way and you can recover at the right point, it's auditing and making sure you can. AWS Backup Audit Manager does a great job to say, what I think I'm doing is actually what I'm doing and I can report upon it. So that's it. A bunch of cool updates today. I hope you got something out of it that's relevant to you. We love to get your feedback. AWS Podcast at Amazon.com is the place to do it. And of course, until next time, keep on building.